From NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Lars Gottrich. It's the best music of the month show, and we're listening to album and song of the year contenders for 2022. Let's start off with Kilo Kish. here with Hazel Sills. Hi, Hazel. Hi. Tom Heisinger. Hey, Lars. Great to be here. Anna Maria Sayer. What's up? And Letitia Harris. Hi, Lars. Letitia's pick leads off our show today. The album is American Girl by Kilo Kish. We are listening to the song Distractions 3, Spoiled Rotten. She's known for her features on songs by Gorillaz and Vince Staples and, uh, Finn Staples returns the favor on this record. Letitia, tell me why American Girl is your favorite album of March. I often refer to this whole remote work, remote living thing as like living in a simulation in a video game. And it's been really exciting to hear Kilo Kish replicate that and hear how someone else processes that concept. So aside from it being really, really fun to listen to, I think it's just a very interesting study of the culture that we're in right now, the very weird microcosm of the digisphere, just kind of how we're a little addicted to our screens and whatnot, how it's hard to like break away. And um, she does a really good job of combining the internal anxieties of living with like the sonic anxieties of living. So it's like a very overstimulating jam-packed album that's really, really fun for me. (laughs) The interludes include a lot of chiptune and 8-bit, so we feel like we are inside the simulation for this game that she has put together for us. That was the part that I connected to, but the thing that I think really gels this record together is that she's finally figured out the low-key sound that she's going for. It's not big, it's not boisterous, she wants you to hear her. I mean, the record begins with the sound of money sliding down an arcade game slot, you know, and... For me, it seems like it's kind of a dark game that she's playing on this record, too, with these troubled themes of greed and consumerism. But along with that, you get this smorgasbord of sounds from electropop to songs like Choice Cowboy that if you just heard the first 20 seconds of it, you'd swear it was a Radiohead song. It's got this propulsive minor key thing going with these distorted guitar riffs. And then there's a song called Super Kind of Love, which I really like a lot, too, that takes its beat straight from Joy Division's She's Lost Control. So there's some retro feel here, but she was a design school grad, so it's like this concept album that I think is very, the songs are set up with really, with great care. And I think it's probably a step forward for her. Yeah, and that game that you're referring to, Tom, like, is the American game. This dream that we've been sold and, like, how we play it. And what's interesting about the album, because it is a very tight concept album, at the end you realize the game you're playing is unwinnable and you come away very, like, disappointed and devastated. But you keep wanting to play that game because you think you'll win in the next time. So that's why those sounds are so, um, not addictive, but very engaging, I feel. That's Kilo Kish. The record is called American Girl. Let's go next to an album that feels... Like it's dovetailing off of what we just talked about. This is Classic Objects by Jenny Ball. My mother came to the city at 21 And had 
All of these songs have such long, gorgeous lead-ins. I want to hear how this song switches up. So let's scooch ahead, that's a technical term, to about 145. I wonder who Jenny Ball, American Coffee, and the album Classic Objects. Jenny Ball is a Norwegian artist who, for the last 10 years or so, has pushed the edges of pop and experimental music. And I've always admired her chameleon-like approach to music making, but also the way she interrogates ideas around sex, love, and capitalism. But on this record, she's interrogating herself. Hazel, you wrote a, a beautiful review of this album. Can you tell me a little bit more that she's trying to do with this record? Yeah, Jenny Vall, as you said, is like a very big thinker. She's very academic. Her albums are very theory-driven. She's made concept albums about vampires and self-care. And on this album, she is really looking at herself and her past. It's a very jazzy, new age album. There's beautiful, like, earthy percussion throughout. And even though she's taking a hard look at herself and her past and the way that she makes her art, there still are beats on this album where she's thinking about capitalism and she's thinking about gender. And more specifically, taking stock of her existence as an artist and what it means to make art that exists in kind of a wider marketplace. There's this moment on the song... The Revolution Will Not Be Owned, where she takes a beat in the middle of the song to point out that the song is regulated by copyright regulations. And she says, you know, dreaming doesn't have copyright. And it's just a really beautiful moment where she just steps outside of her own art and calls attention to the ways it can be commodified and objectified. She's still being pretty galaxy-brained here, but it does feel a little bit like intimate and personal. It's one of those things where you are guided into this very gentle, long, beautiful instrumentals, and you think you're about to be whisked into this fantasy land, but Jenny just drops you straight into her, her galaxy brain, as you say, and it's something you don't hear too much of in pop music, or at least whatever version of pop music Jenny is making. It's just a different way to really look at yourself and the music that you make and what it means to both yourself as an artist and to the people who are consuming it, which is his own fraught relationship. I kind of think of her as this philosophical archaeologist where she kind of digs around in her head in the record and then reports back in her songs. And, you know, her findings can be remarkably candid. Like the tune that we just heard, she talks about, it's kind of a nonchalant discussion at one point in the song about her urinary tract infection that she has in the bathroom of a movie theater. But she connects it to these larger ideas. And the record has so many infectious grooves that support these deep concepts of who am I and why are we here and how could I be different? But delivered in this really organic style that kind of says, oh, these are just the kind of deep things that everyone talks about in pop songs. But um, she does it in a very unique way. And it, I think it's one of her best records at this point. And so much of this album feels almost like a sermon. It's almost like she's a preacher or something. And what she's preaching is like her gospel on being an artist and thinking really critically about the body and gender and subjects like that. It's Classic Objects by Jenny Ball. 
Soul Glow is a hardcore band the same way Turnstile is a hardcore band, meaning big sprawling sonics and a small amount of space. Also, Soul Glow sounds nothing like Turnstile. This is Jump or Get Jumped by the Future from the album Diaspora Problems. This is my pick for the best music released in March. Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow. This is a band from Philadelphia that has a wall of spaghetti approach to making punk music, except that the spaghetti is sledgehammers. <laughs> I think that the chaos has served them well in the past. This is their second full-length album, especially on such an unstable platform for the vocalist here, starting to spit and scream and run on sentences. Have you guys heard this record? Oh, this is a real ear opener for me, Lars. I wasn't real familiar with the band before this, but definitely a fan now. I was just surprised at, you know, the singular alloy of punk and rock and rap and metal and hardcore. Then the big cherry on top of everything is the surprisingly confessional lyrics that might like give Joni Mitchell a run for her money. I mean, very deep inside his emotional world, talking about his successes and failures and suicide and a really strong record. This is their debut for Epitaph Records, which is a big bump up in the the punk world. And I've seen people compare it to uh, the album The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused, which is not an unfair comparison, but Sokolo has the benefit of hindsight. While The Shape of Punk to Come was a landmark moment, blasting together different extreme sounds to make a really forward-thinking punk record, some of it sounds really dated now. But Sokolo, there aren't just rap parts and metal parts and punk parts. It's a shared root system of Black music. And that's what I find so thrilling about this. They've hit a groove, whereas in the past, it just felt like they were just, again, throwing spaghetti at the wall. But there's even a song on here called Thumbsucker that has uh, a horn section, essentially making a a third wave ska song, which is like my mortal enemy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yet here I am skanking and moshing all the same. Talk about emotional vulnerability. It's a song that to a large degree, is about how his grandmother takes away his Cookie Monster doll. And he goes through this chronological list of what happened in his life from crying and thumb-sucking to therapy and then anxiety disorder, all in the span of like three minutes of amazing wall of sound. The thing that I like about this run of three albums we just did, The Kilo Kish, American Girl, Classic Objects by Jenny Ball and Diaspora Problems, in different ways, they're about like the destruction of whatever we thought the American dream was supposed to be and whatever we think capitalism is supposed to solve. It really feels like deep interrogations, both at a personal level and an institutional level, to understand why these things consistently fail us and why we just got to keep pushing back. 
It also feels so matter-of-fact to me, too. Like, yes, they're exploring these topics and they're going through all of these things and, like, almost like they're preaching, they're being prophetical about it, but not in a way that feels too contrived. It's just like there's this authenticity to the exploration that's really cool. And that's something that I've seen more excitement, especially around the Black punk scene, the Black metal scene, Black hardcore. It's like I am being exposed to the Black experience in a way that is both personal and on on a wider scale. And personally, as a white dude, never truly understand what they're going through, but I'm so glad that it's being put out there in a way that allows other people to either connect to or understand. And that's been the revolution for me in punk for the last 10 years. More voices allowing for more ideas and thoughts to connect everything together. There was an interview with lead singer Pierce Jordan, and he was asked all about the emotional problems that he addressed in the record. And he said, all these problems are very unique to us as Black people in terms of the way we experience them. And there are some things that just can't be translated outside of that path of experience. And he talks about them specifically tied to our context as a people who have been scattered across the world. And that relates to the title of the record, Diaspora Problems. That's the album, Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow. That's Soul Glow without a W at the end. We're going to come right back to talk about more great music released in March. But first, we need to take a short break. Welcome back. It's the best music of the month from All Songs Considered. I'm Lars Gottrich. I'm joined by Hazel Sills, Tom Heisinger, Letitia Harris, and Ana Maria Sayer. Rizowski is an artist from Madrid with just a few singles to his name. Here's the latest. This is... Pequito. This song takes a turn towards the end, so I want y'all to hear it. So we're going to scooch ahead to the last 30 seconds. and heads in this uh, video chat. That was uh, Piquito by Rizowski. Anna, you brought this song to my attention, and I know you have a real soft spot for artists from Spain in particular. What can you tell me about Rizowski? Like you said, only a few songs under his belt. He's a super young artist. I think he's still 21, coming straight out of Madrid. Originally, when he started, he was doing a lot of like bedroom pop type of stuff, which is pretty popular in Spain. And then he's been evolving more into like having a more distinct techno sound, which is fitting for a young madrileño. Spain is one of the largest exporters of techno globally, so it's not like crazy that he's doing that. For him specifically, what I've been really excited to hear and what I heard on this single that really kind of stood out to me is that he is someone actually with classical 
piano training. And so I have like been waiting to hear a little bit of that in his sound. And I think with this track, he really does that successfully in that he starts strong with that really sweet piano beat. And then as that falls away, every beat that comes in after the fact, like really picks up where the piano left off. I'm really excited to see, you know, when he comes out with more full length stuff, where he goes with that. I really, really enjoyed this one. This is like a silly thing, but I love that one because it really felt like Toro Yimoy meets like Pink Panthers. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) this is something. (laughs) I like how the ravers are coming back, but specifically the sad ravers. Yeah. (laughs) You want to dance, but you want to be sad about it. I love that. The song is only three minutes. I wished it were at least twice as long because I love both halves of it where this kind of dreamy bedroom pop all of a sudden gets interrupted very brilliantly by these huge techno beats. And like you said, Ana, he has said he wants to make a full-length techno album, so I can't wait, actually, for that. It's almost like what we were talking about earlier with this authenticity of expression, and his is so just simple in its expression and also in how he talks about it, like that opening line of just repeating, like, "Eh, I feel like it's the same as yesterday. But then he's so complex in, in the way that he moves through it later throughout the song. So I think it's just like a really interesting take for someone who's so young, too. Paspiquito by Rezowski from Madrid, Spain. We have one more album to feature on the Best Music of the Month show, but let's take a moment to mention other albums and songs released in March that we'll be coming back to for the rest of the year. Letitia, why don't you tell me a little bit about your pick? One of my other favorite songs this month is from Lewis and the Cusa. It's Kise. It's just so soft to me. Um, It's very like endearing and intimate, and I've been obsessed with that act ever since their tiny desk actually all right let's listen to just a little bit of kise Tom Heisinger, tell me about another album that you're excited about from the month of March. Well, one record I'm going to be coming back to a lot this year and might make my top 10 is the record called Ghost Song by Cecile McLaurin Salvant, who won one of those fancy... MacArthur Genius Awards in 2020. The album is all about ghosts, but ghosts that haunt Cecile and her haunting these ghosts. And it's really her most personal album and I think her most adventuresome. She even does a cover of Kate Bush's Withering Heights. Uh, She's got the Brooklyn Youth Chorus on the record, lots of textures and bold moves. And from a jazz singer who's stepping out in many different directions, a gorgeous straight up love ballad called Moon Song. Let me love you like I love the moon. Hazel Sells, tell me another album that you're excited about from the month of March. Yeah, I wanted to shout out the album Crash from the pop star Charlie XCX. It's this very addictive pop album from an artist who I think most people associate with looking to the future of pop, but she goes very retro on this album, looking to the 80s specifically. It's one of the most commercial things I think she's released in recent years, but it's a very solid album. Oh. 
I'm about to crash into the water, gonna take you with me I'm high voltage, self-destructive, ended also legendary Anna, I feel like we're about to get another dose of pop music. Tell me about your pick. Of course we're going to get another dose of pop music. I couldn't come on here without making a nod to Rosalia's new album, Motomami, which dropped this month. She's always, like, I think, leveling up, and, and it's really new sound for her. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, of her old self in there, but she really is, like, pulling from a lot of different sounds from across Latin America, a lot of different kind of subgenres within la- Latin music umbrella. She's going reggaeton. She goes even, like, a little jazzy, a little bit of literally everything. I'm playing Saoko because even within that one song, which was the first single off the album, there's there's a lot to be heard. The beat drop on that song is so sick. So good. Another album that I think folks should listen to that is probably under the radar, Emmanuel Paranen. She is a French folk artist who released albums in the 70s. She receded from music for a long time and then sort of returned in the last couple of decades, a folky mystic. And, and in fact, last year she put out this incredible trance album that was one of my favorites of the year. And she's already back with another record. It is called, <laughs> I apologize to my high school French teacher, Tagala la maison canon et pas une, uh, which roughly translated means Tagala, the house that is not one. This is part of her Maison trilogy. It, it very much goes back to the avant-garde tinged folk music that she put out in the 70s, but incorporates a lot of the mystic sounds and free jazz saxophone. Here's a little bit of a song called Natompa. Down to the last album, Icelandic composer Johan Johansson died unexpectedly in 2018. You've likely heard his film scores for Sicario and Arrival, but he left behind a rich catalog of standalone work, some of which has been released posthumously. This is Drone Mass.
That is the mountain view, the majesty of the snow-clad peaks from a place of contemplation and reflection, an amazing song title, by Johan Johansson, performed by members of Acme and the Theater of Voices. Tom, this is such an absorbing piece of music. I was literally flying from Chicago to Washington, D.C., watching the clowns underneath, listening to this record, and I felt like I was floating even higher. I was just in upper stratosphere listening to this record. Well, that's a perfect place to listen to something like this because it does have that feel like you're inside of a ritual or something like that. You could listen to that on the surface and think there's not really much going on there, but I love these suspended blocks of colored choral sounds, and they're all just hanging like a calder mobile and just kind of gently floating around each other. There's kind of whiffs of Brian Eno's music for airports in there. It's scored for string quartet, eight voices, and electronics. It runs about 50 minutes in 11 different sections. It premiered in 2015 at uh, the Met Museum's Temple of Dender in New York City. And the debut recording has just come out now with Acme and the Theater of Voices and Johan Johansson himself on electronics. Now, you're going to say, well, this is a new recording and Johan Johansson died in 2018. How do they do that? Well, a technician that worked closely with Johansson found one of his sound files that he used in prior performances of the work and he interlaced those sound files in here with these musicians to create like a solid part. What I really love about the record is, again, this blend of the traditional and the technological. So there's old school singing from a chorus, very much inspired by high Renaissance polyphony and stuff like that. But also he takes voices and just processes them to the max where you can't even tell their voices. It sounds like a sandstorm or something. There's distortion, there's electronics, there's a string quartet, all in this amazing alchemy that turns out to be, I think, one of his very best pieces. Yes, you know him probably, if you know him at all, for his film music, and film music tends to be instrumental music, but this really shows us that Johann Johansson really knew how to write for the human voice, and it's just a crushing blow that he died at age 48 in 2018 because uh, I think he could have made a lot of really interesting music. I had not heard this, and I'm so glad you brought it in. Tom, just for context, I am the most massive Tom Heisinger curatorial number one fan. I think everything Aww. he thinks is great ends up being amazing. Um, but just hearing that, I mean, I'm so, like— enamored with this sound like the way that he mixes like you said like these really amazing like throughout it like string moments choral moments and then there's something so gorgeously eerie about it and like you saying that he has this background in scoring and all of that like it's so cinematic there's something really ethereal and beautiful about the way that he arranges things and, and is able to to mix like those traditional sounds and and something different together so I think it's it's really beautiful and this track really was beautiful, and there are quite a few really beautiful moments in the record. But he's not afraid to get crunchy and dirty with the sound. And there is a track uh, called The Last Foul Wind I Ever Knew, pretty much a straight vocal track in a Bulgarian tradition with these scooping low vocals, and then the strings follow them up. A lot of different sounds on the record, not only lovely ones, but some that will make you think of of a little bit darker parts of of our lives and 
although it wasn't one of the last pieces he wrote, you can't help but think now that he's gone that there's something to uh, this piece is perhaps all of what he wants to say in all of his music. An absolutely sublime experience. That's Drone Mass by Johan Johansson, and that is the best music released in March 2022. Thank you, Leticia Harris. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, Hazel Sills. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, Anna Maria Sayer. Thank you, Lars. <laughs> and thanks, Tom Heisenkamp. Oh, my pleasure, Lars. Thank you. You can find all the songs and albums we played in the show description or at npr.org slash all songs for NPR music and all songs considered. I'm Lars Gottrich. Thanks for listening, y'all.